This is the Tribune Audio Network. This episode of Eat It Virginia is brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich. People live on their tummies. And when a production company is in town, they want to go to a great restaurant. They want to know what the hot thing is. They want great coffee up until that perfect late night tuck-in cocktail. It's Monday, July the 1st, rabbit, rabbit. We have Rita McClenney, president and CEO of Virginia Tourism Corporation, bag wine with Booth, and we break some news about movie stars and food. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. My name is Scott Wise, and I'm here as joined as always by my co-host, Roby Martin. How's it going, Roby? It's so good, Scott. I gotta tell you, I love. have a little malfunction going on with our microphones, so Scott's holding his mic like he is Bob Barker from The Price is Right, and it looks so good. If I'm Bob Barker, you're one of my Barker's beauties. I know, and I'm getting ready to turn over some letters. That's <laughs> the wrong game show, but okay. <laughs> Moving right along. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that you have a new job because I, I have a new job that I want you to partake in. Uh, really? Yeah, because you, you know you do a lot of things. Every day is very busy trying to coordinate things with you. It's like oh, I'm 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 free three Tuesdays from now, but Walking Dead is coming to town. Okay, you're not supposed to talk about this yet. Well, wait, wait. Walking Dead is coming to town, yes. and I think that you should be a zombie on The Walking Dead. And we have a connection later on in the show who I think can make it happen. Rita McClenney, who's the president and CEO of Virginia Tourism, is joining us today. She's going to talk about all the great restaurants and food events around town. Also going to talk you about... You do know this is Eat It, Virginia, not get Roby dressed up as a zombie. Well, you know, it's a long podcast. It's a, it's, you're right. 42 minutes of joy. Rita's going to join us, and she's going to talk about the restaurants and food events, not only in Richmond, but around Virginia. I learn so much whenever I see her. I'm so excited because she knows all the things that are happening in the state. She is so plugged in. Not only that, but she's going to break some news a little later. It's called a tease in the business. Is that what it's, it's called? A tease. I'm so glad you're explaining it. Well, you know, I've been in the business a long time. I'm just here turning over oh letters. God, this, is, this is not going to go well for me, is it? This <laughs> no, is not going to. I'm going to come off all. like a jerk, right? <laughs> yes. All right. It's so good. I'm going to hit the rewind button on that. Okay, so can we talk? Okay, I've been traveling around Virginia without you, Scott. So, this makes me so sad. Where have you been without me? Well, Eat It Virginia has to actually eat it in Virginia. You do know this, right? Wh- so where have you gone? So I went to Lansdowne Resort and took part in a... Which is where? It's br- out in northern Virginia. Okay. Let's talk about So like, yeah, I mean, right outside of Loudoun. I mean, it's beautiful. Of course. And so there's a, a entire food series called Taste of Blue Ridge that's happening. The next one actually is in on in August, the twenty third of August, and we looked out over the beautiful golf course of Lansdowne with underneath lights and ate seventy two ounce tomahawk steaks. Wow, you and your whole party, or just you and? There's like I guess the take you can buy tickets. There's about fifty or sixty people. It's a group of chefs that get together. We had the Eric from Magnolias at the Mills who was grilling the steaks. It's some sexy eating. 72 ounces. One tomahawk. There were like 15 of them. I mean, I ate 15 of them. So that's, I mean, I don't know what everybody else was eating because I was pretty much snacking on 72 ounce tomahawks. Where else did you go? So then I've been to the Tides to check out some of their food stuff. They recently renovated one of their restaurants. Remind me where the Tides is. The located? Tides Inn. It's like right there in, uh, outside of Urbana. So okay. it's in right outside of Whitestone where our 
restaurant of Virginia is right now. Adrift. Yeah. Did you go back and, and did they praise you uh, for no, spreading the, spreading the good works. word? That is not how um, it works. How does but it work? It, w- it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work at all. No, that's, that is not how it works. Okay. But yeah, Tides is looking good with their new fish hawk. Soft shell crabs on the menu if you're on if you're into I don't know dining on the water I think people are so when you're when you're down in that area are there other places to check out you've mentioned Tides End and Adrift is there anywhere else so there is a place but I'll tell you it's not it's it's a car wash that you eat yeah it's like a car wash on one side and then a cafe on the other side and it has does it have a name car wash cafe oh that makes sense <laughs> i know connected dots wow. yeah i mean it's it's a gr- it's my favorite soft shell crab sandwich in the in the state of virginia let's let's get some really important questions hit it have you had any good wine recently you know i actually am hoping that somebody's gonna tell me about wine i can travel with so i know a guy do you i know a guy he's here in richmond well i hopefully booth's here then booth from barrel thief so I'd like to welcome back my second level sommelier, podcast sommelier, we like to call him, Booth Hardy. And today he's brought me some Chateau Cardboard. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's She's been working all week on that joke. You know that's what? All a, that's day. A good one. All yeah. day I've been working on that because I really, really would like alternative ways, containers, not ways to drink wine. I'd like to drink it the same way I normally do. Yep. And so we've gone through a couple of cans. Yep. And now, instead of plastic, we're going to go box. Yeah, there's plastic inside the box, though. Um, so, yeah, it's called bag and box. Um, okay. Most Why them, do they do that? Well, it would, wouldn't really do that well in cardboard. Why? It would just fall right through? <laughs> do you want to try it? Yeah, later. I, well, I'll show you later. You're yeah, a second level somewhere? How many <laughs> yeah. levels are there? Yeah. Well, the third level, you start talking about other materials <laughs> and how they don't work for holding wine. Like <laughs> Including paper cardboard. and styrofoam. That's, that's only third-level stuff, though. <laughs> Let's remind our listeners why we're talking about boxed wine today. I just did. I told them while I was talking about this, because alternate, alternate forms of drinking wine that don't include glass, because we're at the pool, right. yeah. or we're cycling, or in this particular example, we're just sitting at the park. Yeah, so bag and box. Picture yourself at the park. Right. Um, no glass, no breakables. Um, my favorite way to do it is to pull that bag right out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Pro move. Yeah, so then it fits in the. It fits in your fanny bag like from last bags. podcast. <laughs> you could probably rig up some kind of backpack situation too. One of those. Uh, what it's a. Uh, one of those things that runners do. Yeah, what's that called? Uh, camel. Camel back. Camel yeah. back. So. So what do we have here? So this is a northern Italian red um, grape called Barbera. It's a great uh, kind of friendly everyday red. Goes with lots of different kinds of food, um, like pool food. What do you have? Fritos, Doritos, things like that. Popcorn, Cheetos. Cheetos. Anything that ends in an OS. Yeah, yeah. Tasty, salty snacks. It goes really well. Um, so on the lighter bodied side, uh, this particular example, um, low tannin grape too. So um, yeah, it's like it's like very easy to drink. Uh, kind of like Pinot Noir maybe with a little more acidity, a little more more fruity edge. Can I serve it a little bit colder? Yeah, I would. I would definitely leave it in a cooler if you're at a pool or beach or whatever. Um, yeah, a little chill on it. It's going to be really nice. Very cool. And I, I can get this at Barrel Thief? Yep, we have this box. How much will the box set me back? Yeah, so retail cost is $30. How many bottles are in a box? Four bottles. You're kidding. Yeah, it's a good deal, huh? I would not want to chug that. I was going to say, this is not for your couch on Friday. You asked in a previous podcast about 
wine in a can, and if every wine was available in a can, and the answer was no. How about boxed wine? Is that a little more prevalent than canned wine? What's the how's um, the popularity? Yeah, of that? it's been it's been popular for a little bit longer. It's great for restaurants. Um, it, it's sort of like a keg, you know, that's gassed, um, except that the the bag inside the box just kind of collapses on itself as you pour the wine out. So there's no spoilage. Um, uh, or at least uh, you have a lot longer uh, before there's spoilage. So you have four to five weeks, usually about roughly to, uh, to finish the wine before it starts oxidizing. So it's a great way uh, for restaurants to control their glass pours. It's a great way for people to go home and uh, just have a glass of wine if they don't want to open a whole bottle. Although a lot of my customers say um, because they can't, I think we talked about this with your your canned wine too. It's a similar situation because they can't see how much they're pouring out of the box. <laughs> they end up it's drinking dangerous. way more than a bottle. But um, but yeah, if you have self control, uh, then what's that? <laughs> Boxes are for people with self control. Here's a question, and maybe you get this a lot. Why aren't more wines in boxes if it's if it keeps longer? Because it's not sexy. It's not as romantic and sexy, I think, for a lot of producers, and it's it's not really. Um, a fine wine, uh, well, for the same reason you just said, I guess it's not like as sexy of a presentation. It's sort of hard to do at table side. Um, it's just used That's more. That's a wine dinner right there. Oh, box wines, box table side wine, service. Table side service. Oh, I'll do that. I, I'm, I, in. I'm, a, I'm afraid you would do that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Booth, for telling us about bag wine. But if you listen to the d- previous couple of episodes, he's talked about Scarpetta, the can wine. Do you know what I saw on Instagram, Scott? I can only imagine. I think that we're sweeping the Virginia area with our recommendations booths. Why would you say that? Because Brittany Anderson's drinking it on the beach right now. Oh, you think she's a fan of the podcast? I think well, if she's not, she. I hope she becomes a fan of the podcast. She's obviously listening to Booth. We're a fan of hers. So okay, it's, only, it's only fair. Exactly. Mutual admiration. You're listening to Eat It Virginia with Scott and Roby. So, Roby. Yes, Scott. It's not, it's not <laughs> polite to talk about ages, but we're going to talk about ages right now. Okay. Because the country is celebrating a very important birthday. It's the 40th anniversary of the first Happy Meal. Do you remember your first time well, it, I eating feel, a Happy Meal? I got to say this. The Happy Meal is as old as I am. I know. You both age so gracefully. Oh, that's so good. The chicken nuggets still do look good, don't they? Always. So tell us what uh, McDonald's is doing to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Happy Meal. The same thing I got when I turned 40, a surprise party. They're doing a surprise Happy Meal. So what does that entail? Toys. What kind of toys? Surprise. Right. They're toys from the last 40 years. Oh, do you remember what the toys were when we were kids? I don't know, but I'm crossing my fingers for a Muppet baby. Was, it, was there an E.T. toy or a Star Wars? That's what I liked when I was a E.T. Kid. phone home toy? That, that's the one. Oh, Star Wars. Who do you like? In Star Wars? Yes. Han Solo. Duh. Why are you even asking that question? So you want a Han Solo toy? Absolutely. So you do know when you can get one? Tell me. If... If that's the surprise, and I'm not going to spoil the surprise, on November the 7th is when they're going to start the 40th anniversary with all of the surprise toys from the last 40 years. Well, good afternoon, Rita. How are you? I'm great. Good. Great place to be here. You have been with Virginia Tourism for how long? Give Since me the Since 2012. And prior to... 
becoming CEO of Virginia Tourism Corporation. Virginia's for lovers. <laughs> I was the film director and recruited motion pictures and television projects to the Commonwealth. What were some of your big hits? I guess the biggest, most passionate and close to the heart is Lincoln, Steven Spielberg. It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. good. Not bad. I think that's a good one. I heard something about a steak that one of those actors ate that blew up a spot. You know, my, my entire oh focus is yes. always around food. So yes, yes. It's always nice. Daniel Day-Lewis uh, made a steakhouse very popular. That's a good thing. We need our steakhouses to be popular. And yes, if he wants to do. come back, we'd love to have him. I hear Ethan Hawke is in town for something that's going on right now. He is. Uh, good Lord Bird, which is based on the National Review book winner of the same name. So he is executive producer, and he has uh, a part in the project as well. So he will be in town here and there and everywhere. So oh. keep your eyes open. Where does he like to eat, I wonder? He had a couple of cocktails at Tiny Victory. We oh. had John on a couple of weeks ago, the podcast. Chef Johnny's our spy? Yes. Our celebrity spy? Our celebrity Ethan Hawke spy. Interesting. So well, you know, it's nice because when you see people out and about, they're having a great time. Most of them don't mind a hello, taking a selfie. You know, they enjoy Richmond as much as we do. And that's why I always would say, don't really get in on them and crowd them too much because they're here to have a nice evening and a good time just like you are when you're out and about in Richmond. So just treat them like family. Treat them like a Richmonder. So how do you go about recruiting individuals? I know you talk about the state of Virginia and how awesome it is. How, and my, I mean, I want to know, how much does food go in there? I mean, this is Eat It Virginia. It's significant. Food, people live on their tummies. And when a production company is in town, one of the first things they want to know after they've selected the locations, after they've you know, talked about the infrastructure and the logistics, they want to go to a great restaurant. They want to know what the hot thing is. They want to hear about our chefs. And they just want to explore and experiment. And when they understand that we're on a lot of the top list around the country, it is very intriguing. They want great coffee up until that perfect late night tuck-in cocktail. Oh, I, I would. Where do you suggest the perfect late night tuck-in cocktail? <laughs> this is something I want to know. Where is that for you? Um, well, there are so many choices around Richmond. She's playing, she's being <laughs> political. I love it. She's I the CEO. It. She can't show favoritism. <laughs> she, she can't be like, go here. Absolutely not. There are some great places. So what's upcoming for us and the whole, it's 50 years of love, right? Yes. So since tell me about what you guys have going on with that. Since 1969, Virginia's for lovers. And we have been able to take that travel slogan and keep it relevant. And with 50 years, we wanted to really open our arms, embrace the entire Commonwealth, and have communities and attractions and establishments make it your own. So some of the ideas are, for example, so I'm not picking favorites now. I'm just saying what's real. These are merely examples of things you can do if you want to celebrate love for 50 years in Virginia. So Comfort Restaurant is creating 50 Years of Love Cocktail that's locally produced. They have a lover's lager on tap and a special themed menu. Nice. Yes, and Juleps in their new Southern Cuisine, they are offering specialty cocktails and 10% off on all food. Just mention Virginia's for Lovers. All summer long? Through August the 10th. That's pretty much all summer long. Pretty because much. Because guess what? What's it's that? 50 days of love. Oh. Ah. 
Oh, there we go. That makes so sense. So June 21st through August the 10th. Nice, nice. It's Strange Ways Brewing and Three Notched, right next door, are both producing a special 50-year love lager. Cannon and Draw Brewing Company. They're releasing a Lover's Quarrel Pale Ale. Don't get punched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great little brewery in the fan right there. Right, Cannon yeah. and Draw has great little couches that your lover can Sounds get on. Sounds dangerous. It, do, it does. <laughs> well, maybe if you have a brew, you know, you won't quarrel, right? <laughs> and then Black Heath Meadery will be releasing a rosé-infused mead made with 50 pounds of rose petals. Is that the one right across the street here in Scotts It Edition? is, I yes. have not been there yet. Have you been? I have yeah. been, and I have is to Is mead an acquired taste, or is it pretty accessible delicious. to folks? delicious. It's absolutely delicious, and the individual that owns that place, he's just so very nice, and he has now he has sparkling mead, yeah. So if like you don't want to dive all the way into honey wine, you can have a honey wine spritzer. All right. I, which kind of rose petal I'll try meat. anything once, right? I, uh, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? But see, once you try it, that's the thing. You have to really jump in and try all of these various natural Virginia organic products that you don't know how your senses may react to it. Because if you haven't had it, how can you love it? And once people try, and that's been the story with meteries and with cideries in particular. Sure. Because people thought, well, brewed apples, I don't know. And once they get in there, then they want this kind of cider, that kind of cider. You travel around the state. Each cidery has its own kind of distinctive personality. And the owners have their own approach to the business. So it really makes for a full story. There's storytelling, there's tasting, and there's enjoying the beautiful, beautiful environment in which you sit in a cidery to take in the views. I feel like she's been to all the cideries in Virginia. What do you think? I want to go with her next I time. I know, me I too. Go How on do we get on, on the Rita tour? tour? They're 80. So they're 80? Get on board. <laughs> let's roll. That's, that's, a, that's a tour. You, you mentioned everyone has a story, all the cideries have a story and the people who make, and that was one of the reasons that Roby and I decided to start this podcast is to get to the stories behind the people who make yes. the products that we love. Who are some of the people whose stories stick out in your mind as you travel the state meeting these folks? Oh, Licking Hole Brewery in Goochland, Dirt Farm Brewery in Belmont, Virginia, which mm. is in Northern Virginia. What is it about Dirt Farm Brewery? It is a family farm. They have... Corn, apples, peanuts, you name it. They have a kid's tour. They take you on a little trolley around, and it's packed on the weekends with families. They have a corn maze, and they grow all kinds of products. A beautiful garden. They have a store. But they built their brewery up on a hill, the most magnificent view of Fauquier County. And you have to go up this little rickety, craggy road, and but it's worth it. You think, oh boy, <laughs> they grow their own hops. Oh, that's great! It's just a beautiful family farm, and um, Caramont. It's oh the goats, the goats. Oh, the goats! You get to snuggle you the goats snuggle at with Caramont. The goats. You get to hold the goats. Don't make that Is it face. A food it's place a goat too, snuggler. Or are you just snuggling goats. Well, I mean, does it matter now? Because it also makes cheese. They okay. make well, they're making cheese. their cheese. I like cheese. They're making goat their cheese. cheese, but they're serving a wine with it. Okay. So therefore, you go for the experience because it's really about the goats, but it's about the entire experience All and right. the pairings. So, so many of these establishments also, you go and you pair the wine with the beer, with the cider, with the mead. And it's just 
the food, and again, it's about a really authentic Virginia experience that you can't have any place else on the planet. So I would imagine at one point, Virginia tourism was focused on the history of the state, on the beaches and on the mountains. Sure. And food might not have been a big draw. When did that happen? When did the, the food and the wine and the beer industry kind of, I'm not saying it overcame the mountains and the, and the, and the ocean and the history, but when did it kind Complimented of equal? It. Yeah. Sustainability. Certainly, today's traveler is sophisticated. What can make a vacation or a travel experience stand out? And it's certainly something we all do on vacation. You're right. It perhaps at one point was not in the forefront of a travel experience, but now it's as much as the attraction or the place that you're going to, the, the foods that you're having, and the stories that you're able to post on social and share with your friends. Wow, wish you were here doing this, because this is the only place that this can happen. It's right here where we are. We just got back from France. So we were there promoting Virginia experiences, vacations, but talking about our food and our so restaurants. So you went to France to promote Virginia? Yes. Awesome. Okay. And we were also in Hamburg, Germany, and London. And what, what does that trip look like? Like, how does it start? Like, what do you do? We go in and we work with our representatives and they set up media interviews with trade in the travel business, as well as consumer media appointments. And we talk about Richmond as this place that's blossomed on the river with a contemporary life that incorporates some of everything. You know, the history with the modern. And we've evolved as a new southern cuisine city. Were you much of a traveler growing up? Yes. I took my first international trip at 15. My father was a missionary, and he would travel back and forth to Africa. So I was in Liberia, Africa, and then we took a trip with the family to Europe before coming home. So I was in Switzerland and Germany and France, and Copenhagen, and Denmark, and a lot of places. So I've traveled all my life. I've been to every continent with the exception of Antarctica. Well, there's still time. There's Day time. Do you think that influences how you, you feel about Virginia, is you've seen so many spots, so you're so aware of what's going on around you that you're able yes, to? Yes, I can appreciate. So I can have a deep love for Virginia because I see other countries, other cultures, other people. There's no place better for me than Virginia because it's where my family is. And, you know, when people talk about food and their lives, they talk about what is meaningful, what is heartfelt, what makes a good life. And it's really enriching because how many times do you want to eat by yourself? Rarely. You want to share a meal with sure. friends, loved ones. So it. It's, that's what life is. It's sharing, and it's that human contact that makes everything a bit sweeter. So do you live here specifically in Richmond with your family? I live in Richmond, yes. Okay. And I grew up in Southampton County, and we still have a family farm. We have a garden. So my mom always, we always had vegetables and fresh food and eggs, and we raised our own animals, and they were harvested, and then that food was brought back and put it in the freezer. So we ate pretty much from nose to tail based on what we raised on the farm. 
I have a behind the scenes question for you. Okay. Uh, the tourism office. So like when the lists come out, the national lists come out where the you know the top six cities you have to visit in the country and to it's like eat a beef taco. It's like New York and right. it's San Francisco. Everyone's like, okay, okay. And then it's like Richmond is number four on the list. Oh right. Yeah. I mean, we all love Richmond. Sure. But how does that happen? Like how does your office work with I don't know, the publications or with people around the country to get Richmond's name out in the forefront? They visit it when Esquire magazine named Virginia the food region of 2014. It was the journalist who traveled to Virginia, as he did other places, in order to create the ranking. So he had to have it. Are you inviting him here? Are you saying you got to come eat here? You got to come eat there? Or are they coming on their own and and doing it? Was it Jeff that did Jeff reach out to you and say, hey, I'd like to come? Because he he had heard about Rappahannock and some other happenings and knew about Mirror War and knew about the family story with the Croxtons. Sure. So it's those kinds of opportunities when something is new and a new product or a new development that those who are critics and know a lot about food and are inventive want to go to the places where something is happening. So, yes, he came to us, and then that's how we got the, the ranking. Those articles, they go a long way they for do. tourism. They do, totally. You, can you speak to that a little bit? Yes. When you are ranked, people pay attention, but people love lists. And they really do. And they're informed by it because it makes it easy. Mm-hmm. We can all count. And if you want to go to the best or, say, the top ten or the top five or whatever the case may be, this, in many cases, informs people's vacation plans and their travel plans. So it really does work. And the more we can reach out or invite media, we have something called familiarization tours. So we will invite either influencers or food critics or those people who are have a specialty in whatever the topic is. And they come in and they see it. Sometimes we go along with them and create an itinerary. Other times they just want to be on their own and explore and let them do their work. So it can happen a number of ways. Has there been one of those recently that's been uh, exceptionally um, helpful or, or yes. exceptional that you can? Yes. Uh, last week, a journalist for Michelin Guide was here. She visited Rappahannock County and she said there were two places in the United States that she could live. One was Napa Valley, the other was Rappahannock County. She ate at several restaurants, or was she going to one in particular? She ate at several, just because, you know, they kind of build a broad network of taste and flavors and sensory and different locations and establishments. So she made that statement. She spent uh, three days in Virginia. And consequential to that, and not directly associated, is the fact that Virginia now has 51 pages in the Michelin Green Book. Which is amazing. Amazing. We have in at Little Washington in the Red Book. So it's one of 144 three-star rated restaurants in the world. So one is in Virginia. There are only 144 in the entire world in the Michelin Red Book. And Patrick O'Connell is outstanding. Outstanding. And I know this for a fact because we were just in France. Our rep told the Michelin Red Book editor that he must get to Richmond. And I have to say this because it's absolutely true and go to Perch. Wow. And he told him, you have to go to Richmond. You have to go to Perch. And it's all of that. 
Excellent. Another neighbor of ours across the street. Mike Ledesma getting the Props shout for out Mike. for the Michelin. He's such a good dude. Man, he's a good guy. I'm happy to hear that. When you get that kind of recognition or at least referral from someone who's in a the country know, away sure. and in the know, can't hurt. So when you're with the, the person from Michelin or someone from another publication and you're giving them the tour and you're out to dinner with them, are you, are you on pins and needles, like hoping that things are go as well no, as you things think always they're going to go? go? Well. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I like yeah. the confidence. It's yeah. Virginia. Come on. It's you for lovers. Have, it's it's for 50 years. Get it together, Scott. Be <laughs> confident. I'm confident. <laughs> so I want to know. So I mean, obviously I do because she eats all over Virginia. Actually, just recently was invited to one of the Taste of Blue Ridge. It's similar to a fam tour. Nancy Cron, who invited me, she does some of the Loudon stuff, and I really enjoyed the dinner. I saw a seventy-two ounce tomahawk steak, fifteen of them being grilled. I know you are making Rita. I know seventy, fifteen of them. You got to speak in the microphone, Rita. You can't so just mouth the words. Seventy-two <laughs> ounces of to- tomahawk steak. In Lansdowne Resort, on the beautiful patio, something that Virginia Tourism Looking was up part of, of the golf course. Oh. Yeah, Lansdowne. It was. It was hot. Like, it was actually it was gorgeous. Yeah, and it, great weather. I mean, it was almost idyllic. So I've been on some of these tours. I want to know because she's been on all of these tours in the state of Virginia. Where should we be eating other than perch? Tell me. I'm putting you on the spot for this one because you have, you go to all of these places. Look, look at her looking at me. So, I mean, that's that is a tougher question, but I will say, um, Ian Bowden and Stanton, ah, the shack, the shack. Sure. Ian is amazing. We already uh, mentioned in a little Washington, uh, adrift, right? Adrift, a delicious. Yep. And um, has anyone been to Skeeters for hot dogs in Withville? Skeeters? Skeeters? Skeeters. In Withville? Yeah. Nice. Is it good? What makes it so so good? It's Skeeters. That's They're the best hot dogs. Oh, my gosh. My father's going to go nuts. It's his favorite food. So Skeeters in Withville. All right. What do you get on your hot dog? Mustard. That's it. That's it. Straight mustard dog. Straight up. Straight mustard I, dog. I like a purist. So we have five, fine dining. The Inn in Little Washington. We got hot dogs at Skeeters. What's what else? What else? One or two more. You got to give us one or two more. Well, I think you know to compliment something you like really new. For those who've been to lunch and supper, you got to go to brunch now. And I will say that, you know, any restaurant experience is very personal. In many places, we go for sentimental reasons. Sometimes we go because we're trying something because it was a referral, and you know, people that you trust their opinion, they like it. But also, it's those places that have a history and a legacy. And I look at Mountain Lake in Pembroke, Virginia. It's where Dirty Dancing was filmed. Not Smith Mountain Lake. Mountain Lake. Mountain Lake in Pembroke, Virginia. It's about 20 minutes up the mountain from Blacksburg. Sure. Okay. And Dirty Dancing filmed in 1986. Uh, They've celebrated their 30th anniversary. So... Dancing with the Stars Australia is at Mountain Lake right now filming their season. They flew in their eight celebrities, and they're teaching them how to dance. They're in the same restaurant that Baby and Johnny sat in. Nobody puts Baby in a corner. Nobody puts Baby in a corner. So those kinds of places are, you know, they have a new chef, and it's just fun, but it's an experience. 
And you go there for the food, but you also go because there's a narrative and there's a story to tell about the place that you're sitting and enjoying a meal. So we talked about Lincoln earlier, and we, we talked about Ethan Hawke being in town now. Uh, this week we announced casting is beginning on the, the, uh, the new Walking Dead show that's filming in town. I, I have a request about Walking Dead. Sure. I think, Ro uh, I think you're Roby, asking <laughs> I think Roby needs to be a zombie. I think Roby you're needs to be a walker. Roby? Well, you think I should be I a zombie. I think you need to be a zombie. You think it's me that needs to be <laughs> yeah, a zombie. Yeah, you have like you're seven jobs. You, you need an eighth job. <laughs> you need me to... Okay, I, don't even, I didn't even know they were here. Well, they're not here yet, but they're, they're coming they're casting. to... Yeah, they're casting. There's a casting they're call. Do, you, do you think that she can pull strings? I think she you can think pull she some knows strings. People? Absolutely, I, I think I do. I can read the casting call yeah. to you. <laughs> Eat it, Virginia. We could have like a whole theme like thing with zombies zombie eating people. Right. I see the wheels turning. Oh gosh, now we're here. We're here. I'm we're going to do it. You know what? Fine. If they would like me to be a zombie, I will take off a I couple of days and <laughs> drool <laughs> from orifices <laughs> that I shouldn't. How about that? Delicious for Eat It, Virginia. So I am a huge Homeland watcher. I think the whole show is great. Um, Damian Lewis is one of my favorite human beings. Now I watch him on Billions. Billions? Oh, my God. I, I know. So essentially I stalk yes. him. I mean, I love Claire Danes. Don't get me yes. wrong. But I, Damian's my guy. So tell me, you just said something. They're coming. So we were featured in season seven. All of season seven was filmed in and around Richmond. Season eight is their final season. They're abroad. They're returning to Richmond for the last episode of season eight. So they'll be back here probably late August and September. So they loved Richmond. So we got to camp out at the Jefferson because we all know that's where they're going to stay. They're a quirk. Is that common knowledge or do we just break some news on the podcast? Hello? I think you just broke some news. Woohoo! High fives. There it is. Yes. Homeland's coming <laughs> right back. Right at the end. Almost just before <laughs> we went dark. Homeland's coming back. Like so you guys from Homeland, you can reach out to us via our Instagram at Eat It Virginia or at <laughs> Call Me Roby or at Scott Wise and ask us where you all should be eating. Homeland, do you hear us? We'd like to tell you where you should snack. Thank you so much, Rita. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. This was fun. Want more food in your ear? Subscribe to the podcast or find us on Twitter at Eat It Virginia, Instagram at Eat It Virginia, or Facebook at Eat It Virginia. And now, back to the show. On last week's podcast, we addressed an issue that seemed to strike a chord among some of our listeners that was about body image and the way things are portrayed for men and women, but mostly women in terms of what you eat, what you put on your skin, and how you do your hair. And what were some of the feedback we got from, from our discussion? So it really resonates, and we're not, I'm not surprised that it resonates with individuals that listen to us or see our Instagrams. I mean, my Instagram is primarily p pictures of food. And so, I, that, I, I mean, people are looking at pictures of food, which are like, what is the, one of the most popular Instagrams out there is food-related. Not mine, but somebody else's, which is food-related. And we got some we got some emails regarding it. I got tons of messages. I don't know about you. One is from Donna, who talked about the pretty scale. I don't know if this is something that you knew about, but a guy in the UK created a pretty scale app as a joke, which right. I don't find it a joke. I don't ever understand why it was a joke to begin with. So that that's a whole nother day of a whole nother rant. So what did the app do? It rated women on how they look. 
I mean, I feel like there's so many things that are like that right now, and it's based solely on what you look like as opposed to anything else. What was some of the other feedback that you got? That it affects men almost as much as it affects women. I think that that's maybe something I don't think about, and it probably does. Maybe you, I mean, you see it in your community of buddies. Well, not so much in my community of buddies, but with me, I mean, for sure. You see, I think social media, just in general, you see other people projecting what seems to be a glamorous life or the glamorous body or the glamorous whatever. And part of it, it stings because you don't feel like you might live up to what your friends or what the people that you follow are doing. I'm not a kid, but it definitely affects adult brains and adult, you know. Do you see food and uh, life around food affecting your children? Like, I want, I mean, I know you, am I able to say the genders? You have one girl and one boy. I do. Do you see it affecting them differently? Well, my son eats anything. Or he eats, he eats relatively healthy, and he doesn't really talk about it. My daughter, who's who's the older of the two, um, yeah, I mean, it start, she's in middle school now, and it's starting to creep in. And, you know, I, I unfortunately talk about watching what I eat and the reasons why I, I do that. And then she hears that, and the words like diet and counting calories and that stuff kind of just seeps in through our normal conversation. I try to catch myself because I know it's not healthy for her to hear that and to, like, start thinking about those kinds of things. But, unfortunately, it happens, and... When she starts parroting it back to me, then I realize I made a mistake here, and I really need to have a conversation with her about how you know you're 12 years old, it's not a big deal. Like eat what you want to eat. You're a kid. You know, healthy eating habits are important, and establishing those healthy eating habits is important. But in terms of like making sure you take 10,000 steps, which kids do, kids have tracking walking tracking apps now so they can get their steps in i'm like you're 12 years old what do you care you're gonna take 10,000 in the morning exactly exactly so it's a real thing and uh, we love hearing the feedback from our listeners that you know it affects how it affects their lives and how they appreciate us talking about it so many people asked us to continue the conversation which is why we are continuing the conversation and we're going to continue to talk about this because i think that food and body image is part of what you and I talk about in the beginning, in the middle, and the end of this podcast. For sure. And uh, if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to us on social media, you can always email the podcast at eatitvirginia at gmail.com. Also, we are on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Eat It Virginia if you need to reach us out to us that way. I don't know if you... Well, as a guy, I don't really think this happens to you in bars. Like... I mean, you probably do get hit on pretty often, but I'm doubting that you well, feel unsafe. That, um, Did no. that come across convincing? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no and no. So it, as someone who's worked in the bar community and the restaurant community here in Richmond, and as a female who has patronized multiple bars and restaurants, I probably should have said restaurants and bars when I said that, but we'll go with it. Um, there is a lot of times that I have felt... I d- for lack of a better word, scared. Sure. I mean, that's probably a very common experience for folks, I for women. I think so. And now with the age of Tinder and name a, a, a match, any other those dating apps, you don't really know. You're meeting strangers. Yeah. Out. Like strangers that you just have had conversations. They could be almost anyone. Callie Smith, who is the bar manager over at Don't Look Back, is starting a, a GoFundMe campaign to raise more money for the training of bar and restaurant staff to recognize when someone like me, a female, or even somebody else, to just name someone, doesn't feel safe. Do you think that's part of staff training in general, or is this a, does this go above and beyond the normal 
training that might be involved? I think that it goes above and beyond it. I feel like it, and it should. I, th- I feel like this is a great initiative. I think that recognizing when s- someone looks to be uncomfortable is hard. I mean, what if it's just a husband and wife that are having a, vi- a conversation about their finances? So, like, I think the idiosyncrasies, idi- idiosyncrasies within that could be tough and maybe... I don't know. Someone talks about like putting the napkin upside down on a table, mentioning a name. I'm r- uh, that's one of the things. Right. Like we can, you can tell the bartender, "I'm waiting for Warren," and then that's like the the clue. So, so I, I'm reading a quote from Sa- the Safe Bars co-founder. Safe Bars start is, was an initiative that started in Washington D.C. and she said it, she knows a lot of people who work in the industry already do a lot of things to help their patrons and coworkers stay safe. So what we really are doing is upping their game. And providing an opportunity to, sh- to share a set of skills and understanding and develop a team culture around culture and respect. So this bartender, bar manager in Richmond is raising money to bring that program here. Yes. yes we'll, she is. We can put the link to that GoFundMe in the, in the show notes for the podcast. Now, you were telling me before we started recording that there was a situation that you witnessed uh, relatively recently in a restaurant you wanted to, to address. I do. I do. I really think so. In talking about Making their patrons safe, I think it's amazing from a restaurateur, bar manager, uh, server aspect. But let's flip that. I was recently sitting at a bar here in Richmond and watched a patron, a male, be very, very solicitous towards the female bartender. Um, Mentioning parts of her body, um, talking about how she shouldn't, shouldn't look. I, so much so, and I, my significant other actually bristled a little bit because I it was make it was making us all uncomfortable. Finally, I think the manager came out, and she said, "Thank God she was she had a bunch of support behind her." But she said, "I I, I need you to stop talking to me that way." In which he said, "I'm paying you," and she said, "I don't need your eight dollars. You're not paying me enough to say these things." So I think that we need to be aware. Everybody should be aware of what's going on around them. It shouldn't just be up to our restaurant tours and our bar managers and our servers, like this individual who's trying to do this. It should be up to us as well. Were you close to getting up and saying something, or had it not gotten to that point for you yet? So I actually was sitting two people down from him, and which I don't know. You know what? This is sad to say. I don't know if I would have said something. It accelerated and the guy that was sitting next to him actually got involved which I thought was really admirable and I think that is when it started to stop so clearly there's awareness already but I think had it gotten any further Ryan who was my significant other would have stepped in and I hate that he would have had to have done it on my behalf but I do like the idea that he would have done it so from an intense situation to a fun situation Fire, Flower, Fork announcement you want to make? So if you're not familiar with Fire, Flower, and Fork, it is a four-day festival that happens here in Richmond. We bring so many great chefs from all over the nation in town. There's super, super bunch of surprises this year. Tickets, which sell out. Holy moly, Scott, they sell out so quickly. Is there a link for those yet? There is a link. Um, They go live. We'll place it on Eat It Virginia's Instagram and on our Facebook page so you can see it. Tickets go live on August the 15th. Were there any uh, events in particular that jumped out the page at you? So... It, our, one of our signature events is happening at Tredegar this year, which is kind of fun. Smoke on the water, which if you want to taste so many barbecues, and who doesn't want to taste all of the barbecued meats and not meats? So there's stuff for vegetarians, too, and vegan. Um, 
it happens on Tredegrad, happens on Sunday. And what is your connection with the whole festival? So sometimes they just have me wandering around hosting things. Last year, I hosted the cocktail, cocktail competition. I hosted a couple of the tours. You can find me at the forefront of some of the events. Most likely, and I don't want to say it definitely, but I'm relatively sure you can find me wandering around this year. Is there going to be a podcast autograph session? A long line, like down the canal walk? Oh, always. Yeah, everybody wants my autograph, Scott. <laughs> Come on. I actually do think that we are going to have some special podcasts with respect to Fire, Flower, and Fork. So if you guys have guests that you see that are coming in that you might want to hear us talk to, that would be awesome. And that's in October or November? It is starting the Halloween of October, so the 31st. Nice. Oh, <laughs> I got I to gotta take a deep breath for this one, Scott. Oh, no. Is it Roby rant? Is it Roby's rant time? Well, yeah. And you know It's what? my favorite part of the day. So this is kind of rough because I am very lucky to have the opportunity to travel. And some individuals are not as fortunate as I am. But. I said the but coming. Well, yeah, however, yes. So I um, recently have been held hostage no captive at resorts that are supposed to be known for their food she's been held hostage at resorts everybody 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 get out your tiny violins for roby this is good yeah this is gonna turn she is hostage at the resort no no, i say that because i want to make sure that people like places where you go for vacation a lot of times destination places is in an area of virginia that does not necessarily have a ton of stuff around it. Yeah, you go there and you stay on the property. That's exactly. what it's for. I understand. Sure. So you are confined to that four or five restaurants that are in that space. So hostage is a poor word, but mentally you can see what I'm talking about. Okay. I think that once you have paid so much money to stay in a spot like that, that the food, which is now ridiculous. Price is talking about. Uh, yes. Not quality should be the same quality that the price is reflecting what do you think well i mean it's one of those things i mean I've obviously in a perfect world yes that would, would be great they, they do have you hostage they do have you captive Easy you are that word it you cap- are isolated i'm, I'm captive and are, anything that we say now is got i don't even know I, yes now i'm just pretty much you are isolated like, there it's kind, of, off. it's kind of like when you go to the movies or when you go to a ball game or when you go you know, so now that you put it in that perspective, yeah. you're really right. Are you expecting the hot dog that you... I am, Josh Barbin. I am expecting the hot dog at the Flying Squirrels to be delicious. Wherever you were, was it an inclusive situation or you were... Nope, you, you have to pay on top of what you paid to stay. Okay. And it is almost as if they've thrown in the towel because they know that you have to be there. Tell me what was uh, wrong with your meals. A cruddy, crummy service. Okay. Because they already know that you're there to eat dinner or they're there to eat lunch. So they're really not worried about the fact that you are going to be upset that you either didn't get an entree or it was fixed incorrectly or they didn't make it to your table but one time. Like, I don't know. Like, all of these things are really awful to say out loud because I am fortunate to be in this spot. But I do think that we just had Rita on and tourism is a huge, huge thing with the state of Virginia. And these resorts are bringing people here as world-class resorts. And I, for one, at, as a co-host of Eat It Virginia, really think that their food should be on par with the rest of it. Because when they go home to tell their friends and family about Virginia, they say, yeah, it was beautiful, beautiful place, but... Yep, this is not a place I want to eat it, Virginia.
This episode of Eat It Virginia was brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.